All right, I want to I want to get this on uh, on record here. Uh, I got to tell you a story. Okay. Was watching uh, um, the Disney Channel the other day. I'm not interested. No, no, no. Just trust me. This 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 goes somewhere. Um, uh, and Shannon and I we got locked into this um, uh, documentary where, like, you know, Disney's bought National Geographic now. Great. Right, right. Okay. What else are they going to consume? All right. Well, I know. But uh, it, it's this great one. They, they go into Egypt and they found this tomb that they had not found before. And they they took off the tomb, like the, the I don't know what you call it, the sarcophagus top. The lid And thing. it didn't have the wrappings. You know, like the mummy has like all those wrappings and stuff like yeah. that. And so they're like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. This is obviously a new way of burying the dead that we have no idea like what they've done before. Right. So uh, they eventually found out that there's this residue that was on it. And they were like, oh, well, this res res residue is preserving the thing. Let's go find out what it is. Uh -huh. And so they bring it over to the lab, lab test it. It turns out it's chocolate, that they were covered this whole king in chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah. And it turns out it was the Pharaoh Rocher. <laughs> You're listening to What's That Noise? The podcast that pursues matters of confusion, However, and whatever that means. Oh, that one stung. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Topical. 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 Hey, oh. Here's, hey here's why. Um, <clears throat> we're off schedule. We've, we've had uh, a few setbacks with uh, a really wonderful list of, of people to come on the show, which include uh, our dear friend Ben Muller. Uh, Lawrence Lewis, the founder of One Feather, will be coming on. Uh, a really good friend of mine, uh, who's a very, very gifted lecturer in political science, uh, specifically international relations, named Sophia Dingley. There's quite a quite a great list of people coming up, but here we are on another Saturday, and uh, we've had to change things up a little bit, and that's partly my fault because I've got an opportunity to actually go out and do something normal. Good for you. I'm gonna go see a TFC game. Come on, really? Yeah, man. Oh, that's wonderful. Good for you. Canada just made the World Cup and- It'll be a buzz over there, man. That'll it's be, be great. Nuts. Yeah. yeah. The, the last time I saw a TFC game was the first time I've seen a TFC game. I know we're way off track here. No, that's okay. But uh, it was the day before I moved to Germany in the summer of 2018 with Christina. Oh my goodness. It so it's awesome. been four years since you had a chance to even see them. Yeah, boy. Yeah. And uh, if memory serves, 2018 was just as they were starting the curve to get decent, wasn't it? Sebastian it was... Giovinco had yeah, just yeah, joined I think, the yeah, club yeah, yeah. that season, I think. I'm trying to remember the last time that I went. I, I remember going, man, Henri was playing, had just been signed for, I think it was the Montreal Impact. So it wasn't uh, all that long uh, ago. Well, I, it feels like that was forever ago. It was, I, I mean, I still was working in radio, so it must have been at least six or seven years ago. Uh -huh. Yeah, but uh, yeah, oh, that's going to be so great. And the buzz, like you said, with soccer fever catching uh, catching Canada by yeah, storm. Yeah, And that's kind of like the hub in, in, in Ontario. That'll be blast, man. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to uh, distract myself with some entertainment. Yeah. So again, real. your joke was, was topical. I didn't want to talk about this. This is impromptu. Okay. Al and I didn't, didn't plan this. It's because we want to stay on schedule with the show, but unfortunately we've had to push things back. Right. So we looked at a bunch of things that we could talk about. I haven't told Al what it is yet. No. I can't believe we're doing this. Do it. Do it. Smith and Rock. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I, no, no. I, I want fine. to talk about it because yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. entertainment. I never like talking about entertainment. Right. I hate talking about celebrity. Right. Anything celebrity makes me really sad inside to right, the right, core. Right, 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 right. 
But the, I, the irony is, the irony is, you're probably in the same mind as I am. Why do people keep talking about so it? This is exactly it, right? Why you're is in the this same, still a thing? You're, you're in the same mind I a am. A celebrity where... slapped a celebrity, and here we are on Saturday, and I'm like, Ukraine, haven't talked about refugees leaving Afghanistan right. after that shit show. Right. Nobody talks about Syria anymore. No. Nobody talks about Northern Africa. Right. Nobody cares about COVID anymore. Nobody I was going to say, nobody, nobody has ever talked about Northern Africa, if we could be fair about that. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Uh, th there's, there's a million substantive things worth talking about that right. are genuinely confusing. Right. What I'm confused about is how this topic keeps going. Well, do you want to know what I think is going on here? And again, you and I, the irony of all of this is the irony of ironies is you and I are probably of the same camp that we, it, it's done, let's not talk about it. And so now you almost need to, because it was so big, you almost need to have a conversation about ending it. it it's like therapy. Right. I, I'm not going to pay you for this. No, well- I. I pay enough well, money. Then this for interview's over. I do pay a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I've I've two therapists. Um, do you really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah, why I, two? Uh this whole thing I, is a digression on a digression. I love this. <laughs> yeah, but why 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 two? Can I ask this you? This is why we didn't do well when I would I guest co-host back that's, in the day and that's CJ okay. I, that's on me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh but, but I, why yeah, two I therapists? Two. I have two because uh I'm a lot to deal with. I I but but like I'm I'm I'm, I'm somewhat serious. <laughs> Like I'm serious, you, you, but, but like, so you have one therapist that you're just like, I don't want to overburden you. So I'll give you I half the stuff. And I then you talked go over to, to another one therapist. therapist about the other therapist. You do not. I did this week. Come on. Really? Yeah. A little bit. So, okay. J backstory. Right. Um, I, and I'm not going to get too personal here. Okay. One of they're strategic. So one of them is a cognitive behavioral therapist. Okay. So she helps me work on managing uh, quality of life that I can control. Okay. So like having more responsibility over my thoughts and my emotions, learning that, you know, a lot of my happiness is a choice that I can make. And sure. She gives, helps me with the tools that I have and, and building out that toolkit. Right. The other one is like, uh, actually a profession change coach oh. because I'm transitioning, you know, to work less in the Academy and more in a different, different industry. Right. right She's right, right. helping me you try to translate the skill sets, but and all that but sort it's of funny, stuff. funny. I, I and I wish I had known about that because my mind got fucked up when I left radio, uh, and and like I say that it wasn't radio per se. Like it wasn't like um, uh, like oh my gosh, I, I I I miss radio. It wasn't that. It was more kind of I didn't realize how much of, like I mean that's like one of the first questions you ask people at a party. Hey, what do you do? And then yeah. you, you get into you, you get into the uh, uh, you get into kind of those discussions and stuff like that. Uh, and I didn't realize how much of kind of like my identity, and I just completely felt lost. Right? I'm like, I don't know what I'm. I'm overwhelmed. I'm. Uh, I don't know what to do, and and stuff like that. And you know, I almost kind of thought if somebody fired me, at least I'd be able to have a focal point to say, <laughs> yeah, like I hate this person, and and there's at least. <laughs> yeah. But much like you, when you kind of leave. And you're just kind of like, all right, I kind of feel like a, a ship without a compass almost, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. And so, so I, I, again, you don't want to go personal. And I know that we, we, we're, we're going to get back into Chris Rock or, and, and entertainment in general. But um, uh, do you find that like they're able to give you pieces of advice while you make that transition going from one profession to another? Well, yeah, the one of them definitely helps me with that. It, right. It's more like, a, you know you you have a PhD, you didn't find it in a Cracker Jack box. You right, worked right, hard right. for it. The skills that you learned along the way matter. Gotcha. It's not just like, 
Okay, so you gotcha. can research and you can lecture and you can be on committees and you can publish papers and go to conferences and blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, there's a lot more to it than that, but it's not self-evident. You don't go through your PhD, which is focused on like a super niche thing in the world, mm -hmm. and then realize that you're good at all sorts of other stuff. Right, right, right. The transferable you, skills market, we used to PhD call that. PhD makes you yeah. a good problem solver. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, a yeah. good problem finder. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Say hello to my pet pickles, Yeah, I was just going to say, that scared, that, out that, out right <laughs> that scared the hell out have, of me right there. That scared the hell out of me. We have two beautiful dogs, and we try to edit them out of the episodes. It doesn't always work that yeah. way. But we've we've digressed. I don't even yeah, remember yeah. how the, the therapist thing came up. I, I, is, there a, is there a natural dovetail back to uh, uh, Smith and Rock um, because of the therapy? Uh, not that I can think of. I'm sure that they are seeking therapy now. <laughs> well, well it, no, no, hold on here. As, as let, Let's try to dovetail. Maybe, maybe not quite a dovetail. But... <laughs> Is Will Smith a Scientologist? I don't know. I'm going to Google this right now. All right, you you, you give me two seconds. I'm going to I'm going to Google because if that's the case, I wonder. Like he's now resigned from the academy and and everything like that. I wonder if like how much of that was pressure from from the higher ups um, uh, and and things like that. I know he's got like some really him and both him and his. Him and his kids kind of have like these strange quotes that they always come up with. That oh, they're they're yeah. a strange family. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Will yeah. Smith is a strange dude. Right. There's no denying that. But again, I don't really care. Right. I just don't understand why people keep talking about this. I think maybe that's the dovetail well, back. Is I'm already pretty confused about the world. Right. There's a lot to talk about. Right. When we we talk about confusion in this show, we're we're looking at substantive confusions and we're trying to understand the role that confusion can play. Sure. Hopefully in a productive way. Right. Where we can glean new insights or have more curiosity about right. uh, what you can do with confusion, what you can't do with confusion, how it leads you to perspectives where you can start doing new research, start uh, unpacking new perspectives that you didn't con consider before. Right. The space of confusion is a good one to to try to be in for a little bit longer than you're used to. Right. So why don't we talk about all the crazy things that are going on in the world? But then, like, I literally looked at the Google Trends search for this last week. Nobody is talking about Ukraine. No. It, Russia, Ukraine is not trending. No way. Refugees, the, the largest refugee crisis since World War II. Mm -hmm. More than three and a half million people have left Ukraine. Right. And are heading all over the planet for new homes, mm -hmm. for new work, to save their lives. Nobody's talking about it. Um, it's not even cracking the top 20 for a week. Let, let, let me, may, may I, may I play devil's advocate, which I know you love so much when I do this. Dude, I expect you to at this so, point. Like if you don't, I think there's something wrong. So I, I, and, and I say this with, with, with a full, full, full backing of me not being an Oscars guy. I, I can't remember the last kind of Oscar nominated movie that I saw. It would probably be what back when I was in radio, just so that I knew what was going on that I saw, I saw a movie. I I I think Spider Man is kind of more in my alley. You know what I mean? It's been like that long. I gotta I, I gotta pick up pickles. Okay. My, one of our dogs is a dashund, and he's very. He can't get up on his own. <laughs> he can be a very anxious little guy. No, he's too long, man. Look how he's, these are the things that we don't realize long. that our wives do for us, right? Like this is like as soon as our wives are not home and we're just kind of looking around the house and stubbing our toe on things, we're just kind of like, oh yeah, my wife usually moved all of this stuff. My wife usually took care of the dogs. My wife usually did all of this. <laughs> Christina's at work right now, so yeah. we are babysitting dogs and we're podcasting and we're talking about what are we talking about again? Uh, well, no, the 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 slap, uh, uh, Chris Rock and Will Smith slap. So let me just throw this out there. So we're so, talking about the Google Trends. Yeah, yeah, but but let me let me let me throw this out there. Okay, okay. so. We know full well, we know full well 
what a movie is supposed to do. Our movie, the the movie, and we always flock to movies whenever there's depressions and and uh, turmoil and everything like that. It's our escapism. Right. It's usually into something that's light and fluffy. And so I say this not having known any of the movies or any that are that are nominated for Oscar, but we can I think all agree that one of the things that the movie industry is built upon is us escaping reality for a little while, right? I think where the reaction, why people were so fascinated with what Will Smith and and Chris Rock were doing, and again, a billion of your therapists will all probably say <laughs> you're way off here. But from my standpoint, when I heard it, not watching the Oscars, it came up on my Twitter feed, and and I my knee jerk was anger. I was angry, and I didn't know at what, and I I kind of wrestled with it a little really? bit, and I couldn't figure out where it was that I I was getting angry. I was getting angry at a lot of people that were were uh, armchair psychiatrists and so- sociologists that were sitting back and saying, "Well, this toxic masculinity," and then people saying, "You've now got two leaders in the black community that are doing this and and proving stereotypes," and then you have other people coming oh, out no. and saying, "Oh," and I, but my anger after I sat and sat with it for a little while and really thought about it, which I. I love to do with my angry feelings was you took down that fourth wall. My escapism was ruined by more violence. It was my chance to turn off Ukraine. It was my chance to not <laughs> worry about World War III. It was my chance to, to get rid of all of that stuff. And all of a sudden, Will Smith, who in my mind will always be uh, uh, always be uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or something silly, known for being silly. Yeah. All of a sudden now he's walking up to Chris Rock, who I think used, I haven't seen a lot of his stand up lately, but used to be one of the funniest guys in the world and slapped him. And I remember just looking and thinking, you ruined that whole, that whole mirage for me. It's now people that hate people. There's more anger in the world. And that's where I started to realize I was getting pissed off. This is interesting. I think it's helping me get closer towards my confusion. Mm. about why people just keep talking about this to make that abundantly clear i i fundamentally don't understand right how this continues to be a, a topic of conversation yeah and i'm an experienced lecturer of sociology right i i i can't find the theory maybe well, i'm not digging into it enough but you've touched on something really interesting here because it's not just the oscars that was entertaining for you chris rock is a comedian right and he was telling a joke right and jokes are meant to take you away from politics are they right. not yes hopefully Yes. Yeah. Or, or quite the opposite. Or the opposite. Yeah. 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 The opposite is it dives right into political humor and everybody's supposed to be uncomfortable. And it's kind of like this unsung, uh, unspoken rule. All right. We're going to be uncomfortable for the next hour. Right. Everybody settle in. And and why do we do that? Why does comedy do that? The, the satire tells a story, mm. right? I can't remember the name of the authors, but I did a quick browse in anticipation of having this chat with you. That right. I totally oh, good. Dropped you got to do research. I did eh? research. Yeah. Look at my oh, notes. Good. Look. Yeah, yeah. I got notes. <laughs> I didn't write their name down. Uh, there, there was an analysis. That I think the book is literally just called The Politics of Comedy. And okay. what it is is this collection of essays that analyzes uh, the emergence of satire between the end of World War II or the beginning of World War I. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. And the fall of the Berlin Wall. Okay. And... What the essays do is covers really two things. Uh, first, the wide range of political violences all across the planet because of each of the wars in the Cold War. Mm-hmm. So it could be conflicts in South America. It could be like something in Cuba. It could be something in Eastern Europe, wh- mm-hmm. whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. The second thing it does is that it tries to bring to bear how much of a stake there is in uh, identity struggle, uh, in, 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 in violent struggle, 
and human rights struggle. Mm -hmm. So by virtue of joking about something that is quite crude, you're bringing uh, to light the hypocrisy and the double standards that, uh, you know, play against making those things go away. That, that, that's really interesting. So you're, you're in the realm of comedy, if I'm, if I'm just hearing you properly, in the realm of comedy, you are now able to say uh, there, there is no kind of, you, you can't make a faux pas because you can always back it up by saying this is comedy. It could be an implication of, of the logic. Right. It could be an implication of, of the justification for satire. Okay. Right? Um, but I think what subscribers of satire uh, are, are trying to tell us, and I'm, forgive me, I'm not like well-versed in this, this area right, of, right, right, of right. political yeah, yeah, yeah. study or anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. but at least you can talk about it. Right. Um, because there are times when if you, if you're not having a joke about it, the conversation doesn't come up. A really great example of this is Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay. When he received one of the many awards that he has received, I don't remember exactly which uh, speech it was. Uh, he said to people, I get a lot of flack for Borat. I get a lot of flack for, or some of the other characters. So uh, Ali G, controversial. they're all right. controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Bruno. Bruno, a yeah, lot yeah, yeah. Of, A lot of controversy yeah. for Bruno. And what yeah. he said was essentially this. What I'm trying to do is show the hypocrisy in American political identity. Absolutely. By by laughing about this and and being you know admittedly offensive, he's trying to show how uh, how, how many double standards there are in society mm -hmm. with regards to the fact that racism really hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I think the 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 other thing that I've always thought was amazing about it was Bruno becoming kind of a figurehead for the LGBTQ2+ community when it's a heterosexual playing a homosexual, but it's not done tongue in cheek. Uh, in, in, sorry, it is, but it's not done in the, the sense that he's trying to make fun of homosexuals. He's trying to represent them to infiltrate all of these big things and make people feel awkward, right? Which is kind of, you know, showing, could an openly gay person, like somebody from Queer Eye, from The Straight Guy, or uh, Jonathan Van Ness, or something like that, uh, who's non-binary, wears a dress and everything like that, could they... Could they do the same things, get into the same places, even to cause that sort of a ruckus? Because I don't think they would. I think that people would look and say, I'm not comfortable with this. We're going to do the interview with these guardrails and stuff like that put in place. There, there's something about the extent of sensitivity in yeah. society today, especially in North America, yeah. where certain topics have just become impenetrable again. Right. There, there was a, a period before the resurgence of populism and Trump where it was a lot easier to just be open and talk. And I'm thinking back to the 2000s and the beginning of the 2010s. Right. Um, but it, it, now it, it seems way more difficult to just have an honest conversation. And you know this as a teacher, and I, I experienced this even as a lecturer where mm -hmm. my colleagues were getting in trouble for having conversations about topics. Right, yeah. If, yeah, if yeah, it yeah, was yeah. too left, right. you got phone calls from 22-year-old from students' parents. Right. Yeah, it, it, there, there is, it, it's interesting, right? It's it's kind of like people, you, you know, I, I suppose now the thing that you're making fun of people for is being too woke, right? That's kind of the phrase that you hear. Like, all right, you're being a little bit too woke. Everybody back too off. Too aware. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Whatever that means. But, but, but it's funny because I think you're right, is everybody wants to, to have an element of wokeness. But the minute you step outside of that comfort zone, then people flash back to being right pretty quickly, don't yeah. they? Yeah. And, and so what was happening with with Chris Rock was interesting. He was uh, within the same joke, 
there were there were two invocations that were obviously sensitive. Mm-hmm. One was GI Jane. Right. The second one was uh, Jada's alopecia. Right. So, when your entertainment was interrupted last Sunday, right, Chris was making this joke. How much of that joke played a role in you wanting to disconnect, mm. or, or was he his satire too satirical? Interesting. The, uh, Adam Carolla. Is this why people keep talking about this? Well, well, so Adam Adam Carolla, here's what I think is going on. So Adam Carolla is a, uh, a comedian, a radio host, uh, um, uh, has a lot of really great thoughts and and is a very, very smart guy. Um, at least I think so. I've never met him personally, but just from, from kind of hearing him. Um, one of the points that he brought up that I thought was amazing was he said, stand-up comedy is the last frontier against political free speech is the last frontier for political free speech, uh, free speech in general, you can go up and, and like we kind of talked about, as long as you're, you're, you're known as a comedian, everything you say is taken with a grain of salt, right? So you go up there and you say, I'm going to joke around about stuff and I'm going to make things a little bit uncomfortable for you, but we're all going to laugh because that's where we are. We're in this arena of laughter. That's what this is. And I think what happened was when you have a stand-up comedian now, I mean, all of those lines are blurred now, right? Uh, Jerry Seinfeld probably would have been one of the first to, to kind of really blur those lines where you're like, okay, it's a TV show, but it's also kind of a, um, uh, it's also kind of his stand-up comedy that he's doing. And now he's in the house and people want to hug him. Remember the Oscars a couple of years ago, people want to hug him and he's just like, no, I'm good. I don't want to hug you. And I don't know who you are. And it kind of was like, oh, but I thought he was a funny guy and everything. Well, no, no, that was his character that he plays and and things along those lines. I think what happened at the Oscars and what what happens in general is the Oscars are idiots. The, the people that organize the Oscars are idiots. And they, they think, you know what? <laughs> this needs to be funny because funny is entertaining. Who's funny? A stand-up comedian. Let's get them up here and they'll be funny. You like Ricky Gervais? But, Ger- but the, he's, a great, he's a great example. He came up and he said... Here, hold these. These are the f- I give. I'm going on stage and making fun of everybody, and I'm going to be relentless about it. What's the worst that's <laughs> hope, going to happen? Hope you're ready, Hollywood foreign press. But that's just it. Yeah. Hollywood says you're, you're, you're. We're never going to let you do this again. And he says, "Good, I'm big in Britain, anyways, and that's where I want to hang out." Right? Like there was literally nothing he could do wrong by going in this. Well, unfortunately, the 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 Oscars has no clue what they actually want by way of entertainment value. So they end up putting, saying, all right, we want this to be funny. We'll get Chris Rock in there. Well, now you've just said, all right, we've got this formal acting guild that is now being represented by a guy. I mean, he's he's cleaned up since he's had kids and everything like that. But do you remember some of his early stand-up? It was raunchy. It I, was cold. Honestly, it was callous, right? Honestly, I, I've never liked him as a comedian. No. It, it's it, you're reminding me of the the caliber if you want to put it that way right. it hits it's hard yeah that's part of the reason why i think i didn't like him yeah yeah, yeah. it's his execution yeah he, he i just find him really annoying well and and again he does that all the time he's got like the ah, da, 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 right and it's got kind of like nails on a chalkboard sound and and i guess i suppose that's what i found silly but now you've got this like th- this realm of stand-up comedy that he's safe in and you're putting him into a be entertaining for the rather stiff guild. Like when was the last time you, you've been to a comedy club at some point, right? When was the last time you were tuxedo to that comedy club? When was the last time that there was a red carpet walkway into that stand-up club? 
right? It, 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 uh, there's um, even I've been a, to one comedy show in my life. It was a long time ago. I right. walked in half in the bag. I walked out. That's what comedy clubs are, right? Two ways from Sunday. It's not meant to be this five-star ritzy glitzy thing. So now you've got everybody taken off guard because they're in the wrong setting for where they're supposed to have that. And and I will argue till I'm blue in the face. And, and we used to cover some of this when we would do kind of like some behavioral uh, uh uh, kind of when we were learning in, in um, when I was going through the CYC program at, at Fanshawe, you'd learn that the environment is actually an enormous part of the ways people perceive what's going on. When you're in a stand-up comedy club and there's beer everywhere and people are half in the bag when they come in and they're wearing jeans and a t-shirt and the t-shirt may not even cover most people's belly button, that's a different ambience than when you're standing up trying to tell the same jokes, throw a few throw a few insults at some people at a ritzy, ritzy, glitzy, glam place where everybody's, you know, who are you wearing? Oh, this is Shimoto Dragon and this is, oh yes, you know. It changes the the atmosphere. I And I, I think that's probably why Will Smith ended up apologizing. I think there's probably a lot of reasons, but I think that's probably why Will Smith ended up apologizing mm. was because he recognized... If we were probably joking around somewhere else, that would be okay. But unfortunately, that in that in that area, I didn't think you were joking. I took that as an attack on my wife. And there's even footage that shows him laughing at one point, and then Jada, uh, laughing. J- Jada yeah. laughing, and then all of a sudden not laughing. And now he's like, "All right." And, now I and this go. is this is the continuation of the conversation the entire week. It's every celebrity is weighing in. So one yeah. of the one of the top search terms in the United States on Google yesterday was uh, Lenny Kravitz's, Kravitz's daughter's opinion Perfect. on the thing. Do you know who gave the best one? Jim Jim Davies. Jim Davies' take on it. Uh, he's People the, in Germany uh, are looking up Jim Carrey's response. That's a top trend Jim in Germany. Jim Carrey's right now, now announcing he's retiring, so maybe it's, this is like the everybody's turning on normal Hollywood. But Jim Davies <laughs> is the uh, author for... Uh, uh, the author for uh, of Garfield, the Gar- Garfield. Oh, I see. And somebody asked him, you that know, guy, right. what, 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 what do you think about, uh, what do you think about what's going on? Uh, the, the slap in the Oscars and his response was, I don't really watch the Oscars. I mostly just draw cartoons about cats, <laughs> which <laughs> is like guy. the perfect response. Like, like, <laughs> like, why did everybody, like, this is the one thing that I think that, that, that is interesting. Why did people immediately after watching that think that people needed to be drowned in their opinion about a man slapping the other man? Why I don't did underst- that even happen? Why like, do why, people care what other celebrities think? Why are we even talking think? about it now, right? Th- like, exactly. This yeah. is, this, again, this is, this is getting back to my my shtick and it's not going to be of any surprise to anybody that i'm saying this mm-hmm. and i'm expecting you to accuse me of what's called a to quo quo fallacy in a minute All which right. i'll explain fallacy isn't that when it's like an image of somebody's penis <laughs> isn't that what that is Oh, I hate maybe you. not. All right, maybe oh, not. You're Sorry. My co-host. Sorry. <laughs> I love you, Al. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, not phallic. Fallacy. Oh, okay, fallacy. Gotcha. Logical fallacy. All right, gotcha. I'll explain that in a minute. But 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 people looking at celebrities and talking about it than looking to other celebrities right. for an opinion. Right. And here's where the fallacy bit comes in. What about ism? What about Ukraine? What about Palestine? Mm-hmm. What about using technology? Mm-hmm to inform oneself mm-hmm. about what's going on in the world. But why, why, why? As opposed to obsessing with the way two celebrities in the United States behaved or one, one, the way Jada behaved and Will Smith, Will Smith behaved and the way that Chris Rock responded. We have AI, we have automation, we have 
an ability to access knowledge all the time. Right. And what's been trending like crazy more than any other problem in the world this week is Will Smith and Chris Rock. Well, but why does it need to be either or? Like, why Why does it need to be? There's no balance at all. It's not even, like, I'm talking like the top 20 search terms right. all week. But but none I mean, of this comes up. What none of it? So here would be my question then: Is average Joe Schmo sitting on a couch? Um, hears about uh, the immigrant display. Uh, uh, dis, uh, immigrant immigrants. Uh, what was the word that you use? Not the displacement, but uh, refugees. Uh, refugee refugee displacement. Uh, big refugee displacement. Let's just say right. So we've got you know. Millions and millions and millions of people on an unprecedented level fleeing from their 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 country. Uh, you had a better term for it. It'll come back to me in a little bit. You, you, you've got that, and that's a horrible situation. And and I agree. Uh, what more has happened on that for us to add to the conversation? When I think about the day to day responsibility of who I am as a citizen, right? I do that whilst recognizing that my life's fucking easy. Yes. Yeah. Really easy. Yeah. And so I don't get anything out of sitting around and spending my free time worrying about two privileged people who right. are exceedingly wealthy get into a, a spout with one a spat with one another. Right. And then secondly, I'm even less interested in wanting to look to other privileged people for their opinion right. on this. You said it yourself in this show in the beginning when we first started working together in January. I love the, the Fresh Prince. You said that this episode yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You love the Fresh Prince, but you don't necessarily want him advocating for your mental health. Absolutely. Why? Oh, I, I mean, for... for uh, Why wouldn't you want him to do that? Well, for a number of reasons that I don't know what his credibility is to advocate for my mental health. You looked up Scientology yeah. Yeah, and you know, at the beginning of the conversation. Has, uh, actually, Does that uh, not say enough about why why we shouldn't be putting so much credence and power into the opinion of people who are celebrated for being pretty? Just, uh, uh, just, just as a side note, uh, it turns out he has a, a school that is Scientology for kids. So, okay, so there yeah. was, there. Look, I'm already getting sucked back. I in. know, I know, I know. One, one, uh, one of the the many friggin' celebrities who has spoken up and provided their opinion this week had said, the the speech that Will Smith gave right when he got the the Oscar right was almost cult like. It was fundamentalist. Really? I, I Forgive me, I didn't I, see I it. I guess yeah, Will yeah. Smith invoked the devil, and the guy said has this other celebrity's response was, the devil doesn't exist. It's basically a social construction. The fact that we're listening to a fundamentalist acceptance speech after he assaulted somebody, right. it fucked up for me. Well, here's, here's, the, hmm, uh, here, here's the other thing that and I- And again, that, I just don't care as about his opinion. We, we, we all don't. know, okay, all right, there's a couple of different ways I can go with this. Let me start on this one. If your mom or your dad, somebody that you love very much, called you a Christina, comes up to you and says, hey, Tom, I've got something really interesting to tell you about Will Smith and uh, Chris Rock. Would you listen then? With about half of my brain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'd pay that mind. So I think what happens- <laughs> my, my, my friends know not to ask me stuff right. like that. No, I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> but you, 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 would, you would say somebody I love, somebody I know very dearly is now telling me uh, about something that sure. supposedly is an important going on for them. Okay. I think what happens in people's brains is we, we feel like, and I will go right ahead now and say, you're wrong. 
but we feel like we have a personal relationship with all of these people because we've seen their movies. We we think that we know, we think that we know what they're like yes, and, and things yes, along those lines. Great social engineering, and and, yep. and 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 it is. All of us are getting played constantly by what's going on with mm-hmm. with, with this, and and it's so true. But um, I think what happens is. The media then looks, and, and I, I hate the phrase the media, people in the media is probably a better phrase to do it, that follow, you know, uh, entertainment and, and, and thing, Hollywood and these Hollywood insiders and everything like that. Now say, all right, well, let's find somebody who has an emotional connection to this. All right, uh, people really love Tom Hanks. What does Tom Hanks think about this? And from your skew, who doesn't really follow Hollywood, from your skew, you're saying, why the hell would you like Tom Hanks? Whereas somebody else from a different skew who looks and says, oh, good, my 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 good buddy Tom Hanks is now weighing in on this. They tend to get this, uh, this idea of it's important because it's somebody I care about and love that's now saying it. And, and again, it just highlights how much we've been played by Hollywood, that we have these deep-rooted emotional oh, feelings sure. towards it, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a big part of it. But it, it's also the, the way in – there's bigger things going on here, man. It, it's part of this is a consequence of the way that late capitalism is organized, what we call liberal democracy now, free market societies. We put so much value and importance inside of sex and alcohol and mm-hmm. having fun and mm-hmm. bling shit and getting the new iPhone. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite actors, back to celebrities again, is Ewan McGregor. What are you doing to me? Why am I going this way? <laughs> Damn it. Game's up. I lose. <laughs> Son of a. Ugh. Oh, I'm the. Okay, devil. let me let I'm me let me play this through. All right, it's the it's like the Expedia commercial, right? Oh, you could have a new phone, or you can. Everybody yeah, wants a new, new thing, but at the end of life, what do you really want? You want to have experiences, right? Right. So, for those of you who but are, but you need a more, phone to take pictures of those. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 you can travel without traveling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's for those who would, uh, you know opt towards the opinion of a celebrity more as an educator it frightens me mm-hmm. because it's it's a very very glaring indication of the limits of education and how much we haven't haven't progressed perhaps even regressed mm-hmm. because of the recent resurgence of populism mm-hmm. to the extent that picking up a book is too much work looking up theories to try and understand social problems right. is too much work right to the extent that it's too expensive to go and get a formal education, which will probably not help you get a job right? because we live in a datafied society where certain skill sets are more valuable than others. Mm-hmm. I would argue that getting a social science degree right now is probably the worst time in the history of social science degrees. There'd be a lot to study. Less, but less than yeah. 5% of sociology undergrads are actually working in a field related to their degree. I, I'm like... I don't, I feel like there probably wouldn't be a lot of choice once you graduate. But from, again, yeah. this is part and parcel with the problem, right? So yeah. it, it, it frightens me that instead of talking to a professional or having a meaningful conversation with people, you know, mm-hmm. and people you trust, it's easier to go to Twitter right, and see what another extremely uh, wealthy, extremely celebrated, extremely privileged person thinks who has far less education mm-hmm. than most of your friends. Right. Yeah. The, 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 some of the Instagram things that have been trending throughout the pandemic that I've found interesting as a sociologist. The cool, the cool kids just call it Insta. Insta so you know. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> on Insta. It's like, 
the celebrities who are, are miserable because they feel like they're locked down on their mega yachts during oh, the exactly. pandemic. Boo! Yeah, and and it's so funny, right? Like uh, one of the one of the memes that I saw that was fantastic was uh, after after Will Smith did smack Chris Rock was how rich do you have to be to be wearing a suit, walk up on stage in front of a few billion people watching live and on television, smack another man, sit down, verbally accost him, and have not even somebody move you out of the building. <laughs> right but but there is that yeah. privilege right where yeah. where where they built up you know I, so i understand what you mean so yeah. i look i get i i acknowledge that the incident because of the race component and because of the privilege component and the environmental component like the oscars right to your credit which i think was really interesting i didn't really think about right what it means to have like nice tables and suits on and stuff like that right i think it's pulling out certain social tensions that have not been addressed there are I'd two agree two celebrities who are black men and a black woman who has had a turbulent, turbulent life as Will did when he was growing up. I yep. recognize that. Yeah. Who's struggling with alopecia. Right. But again, and I am not insulting anybody. Right. And I'm not trying to downplay anybody's suffering. Right. Alopecia is not a death sentence. Right. My brother has alopecia. It's mm -hmm. worse than Jada's. Mm -hmm. It, it played a really big role in his discomfort in socializing and making friends when he was a kid right. but he's an adult right he has to make adult decisions to continue being an adult whether or not he does or doesn't have hair is a lot easier for him because he's a man than being a woman right i totally understand that but because of jada's alopecia and a reference to gi jane barring that there is no external drama or threats or anything going on in the background will smith a celebrity that everybody idolized when we were kids walked up on stage and slapped another man in the face. Mm -hmm. If if this isn't an indication that we are just obsessing with superficial bullshit, I don't mm. know what is. Yeah. Um, we're on the, the verge of a third world war right now. Well, there's arguments <laughs> that we've already, we're, we're already look in at, the third world at, war. But. Look at the number of people that mm -hmm. went out to the Vatican from First Nations communities across this right. country what to talk about moment. the fact yeah. that there are thousands of children They've been buried by the Canadian government, mm -hmm. the residential schools, coast to coast. Yeah. It's not even a trend in Google search in Canada. Yeah. And, and again, uh, uh, you know, this beautiful moment where I remember seeing the pictures that I must have been the CBC or somebody like that taking of just this, uh, uh, everybody in their, their full tribal gear about mm -hmm. ready to go and meet the Pope. And you knew that it, this was going to be what they had been working for, for, for so long. And by no means does it erase what happened, but. But they got an apology it, out of the it, guy. It, it, exactly. And, and it, it's just, you, you know, to see the pomp and circumstance of the native people, the pride of, of the native people going into a place that is notorious for its pomp and circumstance to be able to take, take, take down, you know, kind of some of these, some of these bricks that have been put up. What a beautiful moment that was. But I, but I agree with you, but, but I keep coming back to this thing of that Hollywood is supposed to be escapism. There's awful stuff going on in the world. It's terrible out there. Why is it that we need to devote every waking moment to Ukraine, uh, Russia, um, uh, uh, things like that. And, and I agree when we prioritize things that should be up there, but how do we how do we continue a conversation about Ukraine, Ukraine Russia, where there's really not even a, a daily update? Because the history of Hollywood's success is a history of violence. It's a history yeah. of taking advantage of a people. It's a, it's a history of racism. Right. It's a history of 
leveraging the fact that you don't have to pay certain people by gender and the color of their skin mm -hmm. as much money as you would somebody who's who looks like us right in order to make hollywood what it is the entire premise of hollywood is political oh absolutely. everything about hollywood is political for me to sit back on a sunday night oh i think i'm gonna turn on tv and watch the oscars and then say like oh thank goodness this exists thank mm. goodness this is the, the realm of exception for politics everything about that is political but but you don't feel feel i mean whether it's political in the background or not you, taking it at face value for escapism there's no relevance to that face value taking things at face value can be really really dangerous okay because it can become an excuse to not talk about the things going on in the, around in the background sure this is a classic conservative invocation to say well Dollar you're bear. missing the point i've presented a product to you you're mm -hmm. supposed to enjoy it hmm. you know because that's yeah. what it's meant for don't worry about the other stuff that's a distraction and this is kind of why i was talking about the to quote quay fallacy earlier yeah you i'm supposed yeah, to call I, I you out on that yeah you're supposed Tom, to call I, what about the two quote quay fallacy yeah so the, <laughs> it's it's a a thing where you attack somebody's credibility in order to deflect from what's going right. on so let, let's let's have a little let's play this out a little bit okay. i want you to present me with an argument all right make um, something up and present an argument oh crap how how politically diverse should it be like like give, me, give me give me a realm what do you want me to give what do you want me to argue sports. here Give me an sports. argument in sports. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays are having early success in spring training, which means they're going to win the World Series. How the hell would you know that? You wear stupid hats. I See? That was mean. Yeah. That's, but that's, that's, that's what the two quote quay? That's two quote quay. What a shithead. Yeah. That's, it's brutal. So, so, but in the kind of, kind of like, okay, hold on here. It, hold on here. Affirmative is called what, what about ism? So, so what about Ukraine? What the about? Two quote quay, hold on here. Yeah. The, the, the two quote quay here. Hold, hold on here because I, this was always my pet peeve when we were covering an election was that I wanted to talk about what people were planning on doing, how they were going to do it and things like that. The, the epitome of this is when I would get a caller from who was obviously conservative and I would have mentioned something that the the liberals were doing and saying, you know, this isn't a bad idea. This is kind of an interesting idea. Let's explore this. And people would call in and say, you're an obvious, uh, uh, and, and forgive me, I hate this term, uh, you're an obvious libtard is what I kept getting getting called. And I'm like, I no, uh, I'm looking at an idea and I'm saying, saying this is an idea. And people would call me all these names and then they would say, how can you vote for, for Trudeau when he's just so pretty? And I remember kind of like uh, people calling him a pretty pony and everything. I'm like, why are we judging him on his looks? I'm not voting for him on his looks or not on his looks. I'm voting on what what ideas are. Can, the same with, with Stephen Harper. People would, would throw stones and say, look how robotic he is. I'm like, I don't care. I'm voting for him based on what his ideas are. Give me give me his ideas. I mean, so he looks like a robot. What, what of it? And then you look at, um, um, uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name, uh, uh, talking about uh, the blending of politics and humor. Uh, Adams, I think his last name is, that does the Dilworth comedy, I'm not the, the Dilworth comics, it, no. but he's also a mentalist and a, he was the only one that predicted Donald Trump would win. And when everybody asked why, and he said, well, look at all of the, the ways that he was attacking opponents. And he was using this, uh, this, this two quo quay, is that, am I saying that right? Uh, two quo quay. Uh, he was using this and he would say, Donald Trump is so good at making people look bad that they immediately discredit it versus his enemies where they would say, all right, yeah, you know, uh, Donald, Donald Duck Trump. And it's like, well, that's not really that clever. That's actually kind of stupid. It makes it look, you look juvenile, right? He was just on a different level. So 
uh, you're, you're telling me that that's actually a technique that people have used constantly, and there's actually even a phrase for it, the tu quo que? Uh, yeah, so uh, specifically what I'm referring to here, and I'm accusing myself of doing this a little bit, just right, for right, the right. sake of variety, because I, I am legitimately confused. Kidding aside, I am. Right, right. I, I still do not understand how this conversation still continues, and right. yet I'm compelled to have the conversation with you on a Saturday. Right. Um, so the, the form that I'm referring to specifically is what about ism? And the reason why it is uh, perceived to some as a fallacy is because it prevents having a sustained conversation mm. about whatever the problem may happen to be. Gotcha. So when I say, why do we still talk about Chris Rock and Will Smith a week after, nearly a week after this thing has happened? Right. Uh, why aren't we talking about the rest of the world? The, the, the thing that I could be accused of is whataboutism. Right, right, why, right. Why aren't what about you, that? Why aren't yeah, you yeah. more responsible yeah, 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 as a yeah, citizen? Yeah. Right. And what makes the, the calling somebody out, accusing them of the fallacy interesting is because it's supposed to expose the fact that I'm guilty of something. Right. That I've been trying to uh, um, basically hide the fact that I've probably been doing this for a while as a scholar. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, yeah, as a scholar, you have to learn to be strategic about how you talk about things and when you do it. Right. And, and part of your responsibility, and I know you get this too as an educator, is to try to get people to think about things that are uncomfortable. That's right. That's the whole friggin' point of our show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 so I love why, this why idea. So why is it then? Again, again. So yeah. let me let me put myself back in the hot seat. Sure. Why is it that we're still talking about this a week well, later? Why I, I, aren't we talking I was about- say, you and I still talking about it on this particular and, podcast and, or <laughs> this topic after well, a week? <laughs> the, the micro and the macro. Right. But also because- I, I I refuse to accept the argument again. I refuse to accept the argument that the Oscars is a place that we should just treat as a source of entertainment. Right. To turn off. It, it's interesting that Will Smith didn't necessarily get arrested that night. I right. know Chris Rock didn't press charges, but the Academy Awards are, as I've said, a very, very political organization. Mm -hmm. The commercialism over the years, the uh, tremendous bias in who actually is nominated and wins, wins awards, the lack of ethnic diversity. Oscar's so white. A lot of sentimentalization, a lot of grandstanding, um, the stranglehold that that business has had over whether or not certain kinds of content uh, sink or swim in the streaming universe. Mm -hmm. There's there's so much. Right. There's so much to unpack for so long. Right. And most of it comes from people wanting to keep money. Right. And celebrate a very, very specific way of celebrating the world. Right. And that disgusts me. Right. It really does. I, I, there and, are and bigger things to spend our time yeah, worrying about. I, I keep coming back and I think, I, and I don't think there's going to be a resolution to this discussion, but I keep coming back uh, in saying, uh, and, and this is my old news talk radio hat that keeps coming on, mm -hmm. where we ended a conversation when there was nothing new to bring into it. And that doesn't mean the issue is not still going on. That doesn't mean Ukraine and Russia is still going on. But it means that, number one, other people are maybe tired of hearing about it. So you had to kind of say, all right, well, you know, we can only go so much. But um, and, and I know a lot of times the media is guilty of maybe moving on too quickly and not revisiting. I totally agree with that. And I, I guarantee you I was guilty of that myself. But I also look and I say, all right, I want daily updates on Ukraine, Russia. The situation is going to be probably not a daily thing to give an update on, right? Like Russia is still in Ukraine. U Ukraine is still battling back. How many different ways can you tell that story without people turning that into blind noise? So I, I look at it from the perspective of, you're right, that's an important thing to know about what's going on. And when there's updates, I think people should update it. 
but at the same time, just to to every thirty seconds say Ukraine Russia, remember that's going on. I just don't see the merit of that. I I I see tremendous. I I couldn't disagree. I couldn't disagree with you more. And and here's here's why. Mm-hmm. When you well, I couldn't have, disagree with you more. Well, you have a stupid hat. <laughs> I don't care what you think. Too quote Sorry, I'm saying too, too quote quay. I'm going to face. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with my face? Oh, you're so mean. I'm sorry, I, I interrupted. Sorry, you, no, you no, disagree no, it's, with it's me? No, 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 it's okay. So I disagree because if if um, if um you like to measure things, if you're a scientist, like like us. Right. Yeah, that's me, a scientist in a nutshell. <laughs> that's it. Uh, when you see uh, the data produced around the way that people search for information, you don't necessarily jump to the conclusion that people are fickle right? or that they're uh, apathetic. Um, they don't care about politics. right? What you see is a system that is designed to produce filter bubbles that feed things right. back to people that the system thinks people want to see. Mm-hmm. And you get stuck in that. Mm-hmm. And you end up perpetually seeing things that you might socialize yourself into believing are the most important things worth talking about, mm-hmm. like celebrity drama. Mm-hmm. That scares me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same systems that cultivate that da- those data points mm-hmm. are the ones that also choose what ads you see. Mm, they choose what headlines you see. Right. So as much as I am frustrated uh, at the prospect of the continuation of the stupid discourse about celebrities fighting, as much as I am frustrated that people can't break free of this, uh, when I turn off my emotion mind and I think about it more critically, I, I start getting really concerned about what it means for the progress of democracy. Sure. When I first flew to Germany, when I was in the end of high school, going into my undergrad, mm-hmm. I went out to visit a, a buddy of mine, one of my best friends, Rafi Schmidt. And Rafi and I visited one another in Germany and Canada, going back and forward for years. He's I, also won an award for the most German sounding name ever in the history of Germany. Rafi Schmidt. He's a wonderful guy. Um, anyways, so... I went out to see him, and when I got out there, uh, I I was studying German a bit at the time, and he had helped me learn about the political order of the day. And you know what shocked me, man? Mm. Back in Canada, I was used to debates at the time about the quality of our healthcare system, sure. the quality of education, mm-hmm. and hockey. Okay. In Germany, it was uh, trying to make the Schengen... Uh, border control system less controlled so that people can move more freely across Europe. Okay. It was more about repressing the resurgence of neo-Nazism and it was about finding the best way to keep Germany green as possible because of the amount of pollution and the, the geo, the geo, uh, geographical situatedness where Germany is in Europe. Right. means that they have to really think progressively Mm. to keep that country clean. Right. It's a lot of people in a country, so to put it in perspective, there are th- almost three times as many Germans in Germany than mm-hmm. there are in Canada. Right. And Germany is a third the size of Ontario. Right. I was dumbfounded when I was 21 years old, man, mm-hmm. that that's what people were talking about on a yeah. daily basis. Yeah. And this yeah. was before filter bubbles. Right. This was before automated uh, hits back on your search results. So right. again, I am frustrated that this conversation continues, but I am more concerned about the fact that this same garbage just keeps coming back to us on right. our phones all the time. Yeah. The if you don't chamber. change it up, yes, you're you're not going to have the same conversation about Ukraine. Yeah. But it's uncomfortable. Right. There is a refugee crisis 
Mm-hmm. There's somebody in Russia who has control over nuclear devices who's been threatening to use them. Right. We are very, very close to the brink of another world war right now. Well, and, and I again, really I keep coming that. back saying that this now, is just what that, the that will exhaust yeah. anybody. That'll exhaust anybody not mm-hmm. wanting to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But just because something's uncomfortable doesn't mean we should shy away from trying to learn more about the history of Ukraine, right? about the history of where we've made mistakes as a society that mm-hmm. led us into the start of World War I and World War II, right. uh, the reasons why we've stopped talking about Palestine. Mm-hmm. One of my dear friends uh, gave a message to another one of my dear friends who knew that I my wife and I hung a Ukraine flag in our front of, right. in front of our house. He said, great, maybe when, when the, this war is over, you can put a Palestine flag up. Oh. Yeah. All right. I sat with that one for a while. Yeah, 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 and I, yeah, yeah. I, I know the guy who said it very, very well. He's right. actually a former guest on the show. Okay. And I take it very lovingly, but he made a very good point. Right. About double standards well, and focus. And, and when, when... There's a lot to talk about and it needs to be talked about. It, 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 I'm sorry. I, yeah. Not everything can be about entertainment and sports yeah, no, and I, f- distractions. Yeah, we're no, never going to get totally, anywhere. I totally, I totally hear what you're coming from, and so I, I suppose then the the we need to find the line where where, where our priorities are, right? And uh, I remember when the Ukraine uh, Russia conflict war, whatever we're, we're the term is that we're using now. I remember when it first started, people talking about the refugees and somebody saying, uh, who, who uh, again, brown skinned. Middle Eastern person saying, huh, this is really interesting. I can't help but feel that the attention Ukrainian, the Ukraine is getting is somewhat racially uh, uh, racially motivated. So I think there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I suspect that we can continue talking about my confusion, our confusion about, um, you know, why people continue to talk about this. I think it's interesting that we've been able to pull out some of the social stakes in mm-hmm. the slap, the infamous yeah. slap. But And the ones that we didn't? Those were mistakes. <laughs> I can't follow that up. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of What's That Noise? If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. If you have a topic or guest in mind, don't hesitate to get in touch at WTNCast. Stay tuned for bi-weekly episodes and until next time, keep listening to the noise.